What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. The SB Nation NFL Show. Super Bowl Roundtable. Welcome back to the SB Nation NFL Roundtable ahead of Super Bowl 55. I am RJ Ochoa. It is day two of our Super Bowl coverage here at SB Nation, and we are joined by two of the best in the business. You know Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride and Monday Football Monday. Nobody really cares. He's been here too often all throughout the season. <laughs> we have a guest of honor, though, John Ledyard from Pewter Report on Twitter at Ledyard NFL Draft. Nice and easy. One of the brightest minds, one of the brightest visions in the NFL. John, thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, RJ and Pete. I appreciate it, guys. You guys do a great job at Pewter Report. Obviously, you've got the Pewter Report podcast. Uh, Pewter Report is a fun couple of words to say. I don't know if that was part of the plan, <laughs> uh, but just like phonetically, it fits. How has uh, how's the week gone for you and, and your team over there? It's gone great. I mean, obviously, I think when you cover a Super Bowl on the media side, hey, players, they probably like the, the patterns and everything. But the media side, you definitely wish you know, there was the event and you were at these different podiums physically. And so doing it virtually has its challenges and its frustrations as, as Pete and I were kind of discussing off air before we started. But yeah, I mean, I think just to be able to do it at all and the fact that we've had a season at all and that it's ensured a lot of jobs uh, in this field that you know, honestly has been a blessing as, as tough as it is and as hard as those decisions have been. So I understand the problem process and why we're virtual and everything like that and respect it. It's just, it definitely takes away from the experience a little bit, but, but excited about the game on Sunday and being in the press box and things like that. Pete, this is the first time that we have heard from you here on the SB Nation NFL show roundtable so far this week. Uh, you have obviously been busy. You were telling John and I about uh, a, a wee bit of audio that you have to comb through to get the content up at Arrowhead Pride. How are things going on your end? Yeah, I think John really hit it because you're, covering games and stuff in the past. I got to go down to the Super Bowl and was fortunate to do that last year. And it's a lot of work, but you're in the experience of being in Miami, Florida, or what would have been Tampa, Florida this year. And there's just the same amount of work, except everybody, everybody is home right now for the most part. And so it's a different type of experience. Fortunate that the league is ongoing. They've gotten to this point and everything is on schedule for the most part, you know, this season remarkably. And again, feel really fortunate fortunate to be able to cover it. Uh, wish I was in Tampa though, for sure. We're all looking forward to the game on Sunday. Um, I will say, John, I don't know if you listened to the first edition of the roundtable here on the SB Nation NFL show, but stats, our host for that, did encourage uh, some discourse and some uh, aggravation between uh, the people we had covering the Buccaneers and the Chiefs. So if you want to take a shot at Pete, uh, I can tell you his sore spots, uh, and that would make for an interesting conversation, to say the least. Uh, but I do want to start <laughs> with the Bucks because I, I, I do feel like they're – they're not talked about enough, honestly, in, yep. in a strange way. Um, and I know that's a rare thing for a team that Tom Brady is on. But uh, what has been your impression so far, John? Obviously, the Buccaneers uh, have already spoken and we got to hear from Tom Brady. He has already taken to Twitter to share a photo and, and ask for captions and things like that. But it does feel like the football is starting to become the primary focus for them. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's been a weird season for the Bucks. I mean, I don't think this kind of crept up on people fast. I don't think people thought the they would be in the Super Bowl. I mean, obviously, not often a wild card makes it. I don't think Tampa Bay, you know, a lot of people were discrediting the way they came out of the bye. And, you know, oh, they played, you know, Atlanta and Minnesota and, and Detroit. And so, you know, none of those teams are real teams. So if they were thumping them, that doesn't matter. And I just kind of encouraged people the whole time, you know, look at the process behind the results that they're getting. Like, it's not like they're just getting lucky in these games. Like they are really taking apart, you know, teams um, from a schematic standpoint, which really they, they've kind of relied on talent before that. So when things improved there, I think the results improved, even though the defense was still struggling. That continued against Washington. Then you had a Saints and, and Packers games kind of back-to-back where the offense played well enough, obviously, to win the game and didn't lose the game, you know, but I, I don't think that they played as well as they'd been playing before and some of the things, the good parts of their process offensively changed and weren't as good as they'd been uh, and they kind of reverted back to some bad habits. But in the nick of time, the defense has stepped up and made a ton of game-changing plays uh, in key pivotal moments and played their best football of the season, really, in two of the biggest tests of the season. So – it has been a full season of complimentary football in Tampa Bay where you have had, you, you have had glimpses of everybody putting it together at once, but they are so talented on both sides of the ball that it has been kind of a on and off of one side carrying the other a little bit and helping, you know, when the other side's struggling. And so it's been a fascinating season. Like I said, I think it crept up on people that what the bucks are in, you know, everybody expected the chiefs to be here, even though Brady's presence and all the stars Tampa has, it didn't feel like anybody really took them seriously until the Super Bowl. I mean, I don't think anybody thought they were going to, I mean, hardly anybody thought they were going to beat the Packers. It felt like, so it didn't, it just doesn't feel like, you know, people have taken them really seriously. And I'm sure most people probably won't pick them to win against Kansas city either. John, I will tell you, RJ did not think the bucks would do it. I was picking the bucks to win the NFC since before the season began. I thought the okay. chiefs would come out of the AFC. <laughs> I rode with the bucks. I was the only SB nation member to pick chiefs bucks out of what was championship weekend. It's RJ's, a humble guy. RJ is the one non-believer on this call. That's all I wanted to wow. say. Just get that out. Uh, for Shame what it's worth, you, John, uh, <laughs> myself and, and Brandon Lee Gotten, who I'm, I'm sure you've seen uh, on Twitter, uh, mm-hmm. who covers the Eagles for us at SB Nation, we are the only people of SB Nation's panel that picked the Buccaneers to win the Super Bowl. A uh, bit of a spoiler alert there. Uh, so oh. Pete, Pete can talk all he wants about this and that or the other. I guess, and I'll go back to you, John, because it does kind of feel um, – I, I, I would not bet against either of these teams. And, and obviously you, you ultimately have to in this particular game, but it does feel like the Bucks kind of carry that for, for me, like just a little bit larger. You wrote something today uh, about the Bucks weapons needing to step up offensively. And that, that does feel, I'm not at all dismissing the, the offensive prowess that the Chiefs have, but it does feel like an X factor is not the right way to put it, uh, but it, it feels like a topping that, that Tampa seems to have that the Kansas City might not necessarily be able to withstand, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that, you know, what's interesting about this matchup in a lot of ways is that there is this kind of magic around the Bucks this season. Like they've, mm-hmm. they've I don't want to say they've caught breaks. I mean, they've, they've had, uh, you know, bad things happen too with like Vea's leg and stuff like that. But there is like kind of a magic around their getting Vea back when no right. one expected that. And, um, you know, the way they've been, they were able to rise up and finally beat a Saints team that, you know, has kind of victimized them. And then you felt like there might be some drop off the next week. Green Bay was playing as well as any team in the league, really. And they went out and they played another great game defensively. They hadn't really strung those together for a while, especially against great opponents. So there was definitely a little bit of like, okay, 
you know, when's this team going to run out of magic? And then now you get all the way super like, well, there's only one more game. Can they do it one more time? And so not to say they aren't good and they're, that they're getting lucky at all. Obviously they're extremely talented. And, you know, I think um, all, but I've said this on, on our podcast as well on the Peter report podcast, I said, like, if these two teams played a hundred times, like the chiefs are probably going to win most of those games. Mm-hmm. It'll just like the chiefs will against any other team in the league. I don't think there's a team in the league on the level of the chiefs. I'd have them a tier above everybody, but they're only playing once. And uh, I think the Bucs have the components. If anybody does, the Bucs have the components to be able to win a game like this. It doesn't mean it's going to happen. Obviously, like I said, the Chiefs are, like I said, easily the best team in the league, in my opinion. Um, but I think the Bucs are the second best team. And I don't think many people would have said that going into the playoffs, but I think they've played at that level and proven that the balance on all, on all phases of the game, I think are there right now for Tampa Bay. And if they play their best game, I really think they could beat anybody, but it's a matter of consistently doing that. The Chiefs have just been more consistent at doing that than the Bucs have been. Pete, you did not express any uh, level of fear for the Chiefs when they played the Buffalo Bills in the AFC Championship game. And you have been a little bit more weary, um, just at least in my interaction with you once the Super Bowl matchup uh, was set. And I think that that is different. And to John's point, I do think that that the Bucs have kind of, David and Goliath is a way too exaggerated sort of way to put it, but they have gone up against these these taller tasks that, that many people didn't think they would take, you know, seriously. I, and I think a lot of people kind of dismissed them in the NFC South in general because of the New Orleans Saints. And so we've talked so much about Kansas City's propensity to kind of playing down and, and everybody knows their record against the spread prior to the AFC Championship game. Do you do you feel that sense of caution, I guess? Pete, Pete can be a pretty, uh, pretty pompous guy when it comes to the Chiefs, so I'm curious to see what he has to say here. I don't know if it's pompous. It's just right. They have won 24 <laughs> of 25 games with their starters coming into this Super yep. Bowl. And what I would say is – the Bucks certainly give me more pause than do the Buffalo Bills because there is an unknown factor there. I think from a skill position player standpoint, they more or less match the Chiefs when it comes to some of the receivers that they have. Wide receivers alone, I think they got a better unit because, you know, Travis Kelsey, if you take him out of that mix, the receivers that the Bucks have are better than the receivers the Chiefs have. But when you have Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey and that combination, I, I would still lean toward the Chiefs, but I, I respect the Bucks. And I also think that there is a, a mysterious aspect. And John, you could tell me how you feel on your side of things, but Really, the offensive line, and in particular, JPP and Mike Remmers have really been the most jarring and kind of the most interesting storyline of the week. And I think it's fitting because I think that's where the game can be won for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because both of the Chiefs would-be starting tackles are out. There is not a ton of clarity of if it will be Mike Remmers at left tackle and Andrew Wiley at right tackle. We, we aren't sure there. And where I think people got lost in last game was not really expecting the return of Vita Vea to have such an impact on what the edge rushers can do. So now you got this chief's offensive line. You got these edge rushers that really played well and won the game against Aaron Rodgers. So how are the chiefs going to counteract that? I think they will be better suited than, than the green Bay Packers was simply because Andy Reid is really creative with motion and figuring out creative ways with um, naked boots and different things and play action and Mahomes maneuvering about the pocket. I think they will be better suited than green Bay, but still, if you think about the Trent trench warfare, the bucks certainly have that edge when the chiefs offense is on the field compared to with the, the, the bucks defense 
And again, I, I of course think the Chiefs are going to win this game, but certainly, certainly, certainly this defense and really this team gives me more pause than did the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, you're right about the the pass rush for the Bucs. I mean, that to me, what I've said on the show is that uh, that has to happen. Like if the Bucs are going to have a chance to win this game, their defensive line has to dominate the matchup. That could happen and the Bucs could still lose the game. Like that, right. that, I don't know if that could happen on the flip side. You know, if the Chiefs defensive line dominates the Bucs offensive line, I don't know that the Bucs can win that game. But the other side, I mean, Mahomes just needs so little space, so little time to be able to throw. Things are schemed so well in that offense. They're getting the ball really quick in the playoffs. You know, they haven't had a lot of downfield uh, attempts even in the playoffs. Um, you know, they're kind of, like you said, Andy Reid is just, he knows what he's working with and he's schemed around some of those struggles and to make it you know, the most of it. So I just think it's going to be, it's it's one thing to beat the guys 1v1, the blockers. It's another thing to affect Mahomes just because he's so good under pressure. There was this interview that came out past couple of days, I, I think my days were already starting to run into each other with this coverage, but I, it was with Kay Adams and, and Patrick Mahomes and, and Tom Brady. And the little bit of space is, is fascinating to hear Tom Brady talk about it because it's almost like he was jealous of the fact that Mahomes can backpedal essentially 15 yards, flick it like pseudo underhand mm-hmm. 60 yards down the field. And it's just, it's abnormal for, mm-hmm. for quarterbacks. And so even though there is a distinct advantage of the Bucks defensive line against what is a, you know, fix up type of chiefs offensive line, it may not be enough to win the game, which is cr- yeah. wild to, to even, even suggest. Right. Because I mean, ordinarily if a team, you know, I thought the Bucks defensive line, honestly, without Vea did a pretty good job better than I expected last game against the chiefs, especially as the game went right. on, they, they, they forced the issue a couple of times, um, but it wasn't enough. I mean, there were, I think there were two interceptions by the Bucks even in that game that were negated by penalty. And I thought both were good calls as I recall them, but it was kind of like, okay, like th- there's some pressure getting through here and it could impact the game if you could stay a little bit cleaner and how you're doing it. And so there's one V one matchups you could win. Certainly, you know, Sha- Shaq Barrett had a strip sack of, of Patrick Mahomes in the last meeting. And that obviously thwarted a scoring drive. You pretty much have to have those types of plays to have a chance to win the game. If the Bucks offense could have been a little bit cleaner, but then you could say the same thing about the chiefs offense. I mean, they had an 80 some yard touchdown to McCole Hardman that Mahomes hits 99 times out of a hundred and he right. misses him in that one. And, and that's, a, and they have the Kelsey touchdown, you know, clearly should have been a touchdown that he Mahomes is wide open on that Philly special type play or whatever and he doesn't doesn't hit him i can't can't explain it looking at the replay i'm like what was he thinking and so yeah there's just kind of this i felt both both teams you know the bucks in a goal to go situation Fournette loses four yards they, they kick a field goal in a goal to go situation that's i mean the bucks have been cash money in goal to go this season even better than the red zone and they've been good there uh, you know they, they had the two long drives they're deep in chiefs territory and they and they get the interceptions the second one mike evans messed up a hot route how often does that happen he runs it to the middle of the field brady has to kind of try to force it in there instead of just sitting down where he was and it goes off a helmet and matthew picks it off and i felt like both offenses after the game had to roll through that tape and be like wow we should have put 40 points up and the chiefs probably would have finished you know still on the higher end of that 40 points but i felt like both offenses left a lot of points and opportunities on the table in that game and i don't know if it's going to happen in round two I do want to finish uh, with both of you with one particular question. This is a, a great game in that we've seen it before already. It doesn't happen every year that the Super Bowl teams have played one another in the regular season. Um, John, what do you think will be most different in a positive or negative way for Tampa Bay uh, in terms of the game that they played against Kansas City earlier in the season? 
Well, I think defensively, they're way more confident than they were at that point. I really felt like they were kind of floundering at that point in the season. Um, and then you go up against a team that's probably the hardest team to figure out how to match up against because you have a tight end that does wide receiver-like things and you have a wide receiver who's the fastest in the league and can do things that not even a lot of just pure speed receivers can do. So I felt like they were trying to figure out who they were defensively and how to best play defensively. And, uh, you know, they just really kind of got boat raced out of the gate. Um, offensively, certainly things have changed. I think they're still a little bit all over the place. They could look, um, you know, first half against right. Green Bay, they can look like a nonstop. And then they threw in three straight interceptions. There's miscommunications. And that's kind of the life of an Arians offense. I think mm-hmm. um, it really kind of is. Brady's brought as much stability to an offense like this as you could possibly have, I think. But defensively to me is where the biggest changes for the Bucks. That's where I think, they have more hope than they would have had back then is that they're not blowing as many assignments. They're a little bit more sure of what they need to do in certain situations. They're not going to leave Carlton Davis, who is a great corner, but just not a good match for Tyreek Hill. And even when he did play well and was in good position, the throws and the catches were perfect. And so they're not going to put him on an Island the whole game. So there's a little bit better answers in that way. You know, you know what you're up against and your game plan wasn't very good. So you kind of start from square one. It's kind of like the saints in that way. Like, 38-3, 38-3, okay, we're starting, you know, we got to look, take a hard look at this. You know, when you get lit up for 200 yards by one guy in the first half, you know, you forces you to go back, take a hard look at your approach rather than saying, oh, you know, we could have gotten by or we could get by this time if we stick with the same thing. Not going to happen. So the fact that it forces them to rethink things defensively in a, in a time where they've already started to do that and change some of the things they've done defensively is probably what gives them the most hope, in my opinion. Yeah, it feels like um, like when you can't beat a level in a video game and then you pull up the like Game Informer copy and you read about it and everything and then you're like, okay, I've, I've studied. I'm ready to do this the second time or maybe like the 80, 83rd time around, whatever. Uh, Pete, same question to you. May, again, maybe it's it's the status or the sort of um, consistency of the Kansas City offensive line. I mean, what what is the most different factor from that time to this time? Uh, yeah, right. Um I'll get to your question in a second. I just want to note for the podcast listeners, um, because I know you'll probably close after this, that one of the big news pieces from today is that Patrick Mahomes says he's nearing 100% with his turf toe, which I think will be huge, especially with those offensive line problems. Same thing with Sammy Watkins, who the Chiefs haven't had a couple of of games with a calf injury. Wasn't sure if he was going to play in the Super Bowl. So that uh, is going to be a good thing. Both players obviously played in that first week 12 matchup. The difference is for me, we touched upon the offensive line. That is going to be a huge point. And uh, I think both sides realize that. And then I think defensively for the Chiefs, there are three players that I, I think feel a little bit different than that week 12 matchup versus Frank Clark. Clark had this, I would say, I wouldn't say rough year, but he was a little bit quieter than you would have thought coming into the season with the way he finished. He had five sacks in last year's playoffs and just did not have the amount of pressure that you would have thought uh, a highly paid pass rusher would have during the season. He's playing a lot better, had two sacks last week. And I think he's really coming on and is always ultra motivated for the Super Bowl. So that's what you want to see. Juan Thornhill, who had an injury to his Achilles ruptured Achilles at the end of last season really didn't look the same this year until the past two, three weeks where, you know, this was a tandem with Matthew that they were calling the next best safety tandem in football. Thornhill's now looking like the rookie version of himself. And sometimes these take a year to heal. And so I think he's playing a lot better and then the last player is Legarius Sneed, the fourth round cornerback for the Chiefs, who 
if he would have played a full season, might have been in the conversation for what would have been defensive rookie of the year. I don't know if he would have gotten it, but I think he would have at least been in the conversation. And he's really locked down that slot. And the Chiefs needed him because, as I talked about at the beginning of this episode, the Bucks skill position players are legit. And there's so many of them. So the more one-on-one matchups that you feel all right about, the better you're going to feel going into this game. And so Legarius Sneed allows Thornhill and he allows Matthew to do what they do. And so those would probably be the three players I'm looking at the most uh, heading into what will be the week 12 rematch for the championship. I think that's well said by both of you. I think an underrated element to this game is the um, the talent in both young secondaries. Both have some some young guys up and coming, so it'll be fun to watch them over the course of the next few seasons. John, thank you so much for taking the time to join us here on the SB Nation NFL show. PewterReport.com, the Pewter Report podcast. You guys do such a great job. Enjoy it. Uh, enjoy the press box. I mean, you know, uh, get, wh- where the where the like pewterist tie. I don't know if that's a word. That is. Uh, At least pop- you know it's a color. Most people are like, what's pewter? You know, it's a color. It's yeah. color, the color of the uniforms. If you have to explain it, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's also a report. The most important report there is uh, right now. Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride. Make sure to check out Pewter Report and AP for the latest coverage when it comes to Super Bowl 55. Thank you both, and uh, we'll see you soon enough. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. Something very fun coming your way now, loyal listener. We're going to take a very quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. But afterwards, we are going to speak to Tennessee Titans cornerback Adore Jackson. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Pleased to be joined now here on the SB Nation NFL show by somebody who is very famous, somebody who is very awesome, somebody who is very cool and uh, who I'm sure a lot of people think is very handsome. I'll go ahead and go that far. The one and only Tennessee Titans cornerback, Adoree Jackson. Adoree, thanks for taking the time to join us. You know, I appreciate the, you know, the gas up, so I thank you. Hey, uh, you look sharp. For anybody watching uh, us on YouTube, you do look good. I was telling you right before we started recording, uh, I wore a nice Nike hoodie. Are you a, a hoodie guy? Like, are you? A, I, I'm more of a half-zip person myself. Uh, sometimes, like, if you're laying back, you know the hood can kind of get at the back of your neck you know what i mean right right uh yeah i think i'm more of a hoodie crew neck uh sweater type guy i think that's my my steve 
Okay. As have you adjusted to life uh, in Tennessee? I mean, over the last few years, because in California, I feel like hoodies aren't super necessary, more of like a fashion statement than, than a, you know, a necessary piece of clothing. Uh, I just feel like I done made it more of a, I guess a universal thing. I uh, try to dress it up, dress it down. I don't know, like dress it up, dress it down, you know, with the way that, you know, I guess the trend or life is going. It's not, I mean, you can wear it and it might look cool, might be casual or whatever it may be. So I just try to, you know, switch it up, have my hoodies, my good clothes and whatever it may be. I promise you this won't be like any interview you do. That's that's my goal. And I actually had a lot of questions uh, kind of ready for you because that's that's my job. But I totally threw them away because right before we started recording, I'm, I'm pulling back the curtain a little bit for everybody else. Um, I know you're a big video game guy. You're a big Fortnite person, right? Mm-hmm. You're a big Madden guy, 2K, FIFA, anything like that? Uh, so I play 2K a lot. On the Madden, I just, you know, I guess getting into it, my, my friends did like a franchise, you know, mode. So they got right. me into it. I was not as good, but I seen myself get better, you know, by playing against them because they knew all the tricks and all the cheat plays, you know, right. the cheese, as they say, uh, on war, Warzone a lot. And the 2K actually just got the new 2K21. So I'm tapped in with that. Okay. I know you're a big NBA guy. I want to get there too. On the franchise, are you the Titans or are you just somebody else? Like, you know, I feel like cause that's, that's an awkward question if you're not the Titans, I imagine. Uh, so it, I think we go by a uh, division. So like, we'll pick a number, random number, one, okay. two, how many people it is. And it'd be like, okay, you three, you two get this division. You two get this division. So that's how we do it. And I think the last time I played, I was the, uh, I think I was the, the Packers actually. Yeah. Okay. But I got to draft all the people I wanted. So it was pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, well, the reason I ask is right before we started recording, I don't know if you saw this, uh, in the lead up to jumping on the zoom call with me. EA Sports announced that they are bringing college football back. Nobody knows right now if it's going to be like NCAA, you know, whatever, whatever version it's going to be. Obviously, it's a whole different thing. You're one of the greatest college players of all time, obviously at USC. Your thoughts, your first thoughts on this coming back. Is this something you would be interested in? I actually just heard it. One of my, my friends, Quan, um, he hit me up and was like, man, they bring this back out. I'm like, oh, that would be fire. He was like, yeah, I need to do that. College basketball and um, the 2K. I right. mean, uh, fight night, uh, fight night. Right. And, um, yeah, I used to love – that was my actual, you know, goal when I was growing up. You know, a lot of people, you know, I actually want to go to the league, want to do this. I'm mm-hmm. like, man, I want to get on the video game. And that was the first step that I could have been on the video game was to be on that NCAA. But right when I got to college, that was the last year they made it. So I was like, dang. And so um, yeah, it's actually going to be exciting because the Road to Glory was awesome. When I first started playing that Road to Glory mode was the best thing. For sure. And then like, if you had a lot of free time, so like, you know, when, when we were young, like I had a lot of free time, you were training to be a college athlete and then in the NFL. So very different lives we've had. Uh, but it was cool. Cause you could do like the, you could have your guy, you could like export him to Madden, you know what I mean? And have him like get drafted. And that was always really cool. Again, the life you've actually lived. Uh, I'm going to surprise pop quiz you. Do you know who the last NCAA cover athlete was? Uh, shoelace. That's right. Do you know who the last, this is a bit of a, of a tricky question. So heads up there, the last Trojan to be on the cover of NCAA. The last Trojan, I think it was, was, was it Reggie or Carson Palmer? It was Reggie Bush. So Carson Palmer was before yeah. that. So Reggie Bush was the 2006 one, right? He was uh, the 2006 oh, season. 2007. Yeah. Okay. And, um, but again, again, I'll, I'll give you the credit, but Mark Sanchez was technically on it in 2009, the 10 version on the PSP version. Not the full version. Uh, okay. Uh, so a very tricky, you know, gray area nonetheless. Speaking of gray, I feel like the Trojans, I don't like the gray face mask. I feel like it should be white. What are your thoughts there? Uh, they were, were they gray when I, when I was there? I think so. 
I, oh. cause, I mean, they're generally gray. That's my my point here. It's it's such a like the Trojan colors are so good, but the gray is just like a random drop in there. You know what I mean? Because you've got like red, white, yeah. and yellow, and then like and the the black cleats, which I like. But all of a sudden, it's just this gray in your face. I, I never actually paid attention to that. I, I know I always. I, I remember when I got there, the black shoes with the white laces was iconic. That was one of the things that you know we took uh, and tapped to, and then just the uniform. I think those are the only two things that I actually remember when I, you know, when you play there, that was your traditional. You either had the black shoe, the white shoelace, no matter what mm-hmm. you had. I remember my, my freshman year, I tried to <laughs> create some different cleats that they didn't have the black shoelaces. I mean, the white shoelaces in, I put them in my bag, hit them. I go to the stadium uh, and it was like red and black cleats with no white laces. I go to my, go to my locker somebody put white laces in. I was so mad. I'm like, damn, I thought this was going to be swaggy, but I mean, you, you get into the culture and the tradition of everything and you start to appreciate it uh, more. So Having the white laces, you know, the iconic jerseys, always having the yellow pants. I never knew the the, the helmet was gray. But when we had the chrome helmets, I love those a lot. Oh, for sure. When Sark let us put on the chrome joints, it was fire. I love them. See, again, these are things I think about. Um, In the NFL, the Washington football team is the same color scheme as USC, but the face masks are yellow. And I just, Mm -hmm. you can tell me, I feel like that would suck. Like, just always looking out through yellow. You know what I mean? Like, would that bother you? Because it would be distracting, I feel like. It's so bright in your face. Uh, Yeah. Probably having a yellow <laughs> would be a little bit too much. I mean, probably because the helmets are, I mean, you just can't, I don't know. You don't want to take away from the helmet. But it actually looks good on them. I just haven't played in a, uh, a helmet that is, you know, the crossbars and stuff are, are yellow. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It, lo- it looked nice. I mean, when you're picking uniforms out on Madden and you're doing everything, trying to get the swaggiest look. So, right. I'm going off of the appearance. Like, oh, it's going to look good. But I don't know if it actually feels good to play with well let's get to your team the titans i'm a fan of the older jerseys when you were drafted um and especially the older helmet do you like the new ones i, I like them i they grew on me i would say that uh for sure but you know having the, the white helmet i don't know it's different i had mm-hmm. it one year and now i had the other helmet for i think three or four um years or three years so it's like uh now i'm used to that so it's like i really barely played in the white helmet so right so i know um this past season was very different for you obviously coming back and getting to play there at the end what's your nfl career been like so far like if you if you talk to the version of yourself that got drafted wearing the white helmet you know like no no telling what's about to change you know with the helmet and everything what would what would you tell him like dude you would have never believed that this would have happened me getting hurt honestly mm-hmm. i don't you know i never really thought you know that would be i mean obviously i always say getting hurt or injuries it's a hundred percent chance in the league but you know you don't you never think about yourself getting hurt. So I would just tell them, you know, stay patient and stay the course. Uh, it's going to be a lot of ups and downs in life. You know, my first real, uh, I guess, obstacle of adversity in, in my eyes or as in my adult stage, you know, mm-hmm. growing up um, to be able to battle and go through certain things and understand and learn uh, different things about myself and, and my body in that aspect. So um, I was just, that's pretty much what I tell my, my younger self, I guess my white helmet stuff that, uh, man, it's going to be a lot of ups and downs in this in this league and this game and in this life and journey that you you know have. But continue to have faith and continue to believe in God and you know, figure out you know what brings you happiness. Because um, you know when you hurt, it's tough. You know, you know what I'm saying. You ever been hurt? You know what it's like. You know, you go through those emotional battles where sometimes you may feel good, sometimes you don't. Um, sometimes you you know everything is going right. Sometimes it's feel like now you're taking a couple steps back. So I think that that mental health aspect. Uh, it's a great thing. I, I would say for athletes, you know, when you get hurt, you get injured, don't be down and out. You know, stay positive, stay patient, and stay the course. Um, you know, patience is a virtue. And, you know, God's timing is always correct and perfect. So um, that's what I would just tell myself. You know, stay the course. 
You mentioned it a few times. I know faith is a big part of your life and, and your daily journey. Uh, where does that come from for you? Uh, my, my upbringing, my background, you know, going to church every Sunday growing up. Um, I think, you know, my mom always having the gospel music on in the, the living mm-hmm. room when I wake up. So I know what time it is. Uh, but, you know, just getting in tune with that. And I think that you know, helped shake me uh, a lot uh, when I know I'm, I'm battling through something or feeling uh, weary or whatever it may be to be able to go read one of my favorite scriptures, which is Psalms 23, uh, to be able to read that and, and know it and understand that, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And uh, whatever I may bat- my battle go through, I'm walking. I feel like I'm walking by myself. The Lord is with me. And uh, I think that helped me out a lot going through this process and then just growing up in general, just having that background and having something spiritually to cling on to. Because I always knew it was a higher being, you know, above me to be able to do what I was able to do, um, be able to, to achieve what I achieved and keep me course. I'm always thankful. You know, thank him every day for, you know, what he's given me and what he's blessed me with. And now I'm just trying to maximize it to, you know, the best of my ability. I think that's well said. And I think it sounds like you have a lot of mental discipline beyond that to to go through the season you went through and to kind of handle that. You know, I know things like that are unexpected and and you can't necessarily foresee them and you don't it's different road to recovery for every person, and right. especially especially being, you know, it's one thing to be injured in this time, but to do it in this this season of all seasons, um, I imagine had to be isolating. And so you're right. You know, mental health is certainly very important. How do you um how do you handle your faith? Uh, obviously, your job requires you to, to be active on Sundays. I mean, are you you know, do you find what Saturday night services, Wednesday services? I mean, you know, because that's been a big part of your life. Right. Uh, for me, I just try to at least stay in tune. I got the the, the Bible app, so I get to mm. see my, my, my daily verse every day. Um, try to get on the uh, the live stream, you know, for the church right. that I've been going to. So uh, New Life Community Church in East St. Louis. I try to get on the live stream and tap in as much as possible. But I mean. Being a human being, not perfect, so I'm not going to sit here and say that sure. I'm always I'm always be able to be in tune, tap in. Some some weeks is good, some weeks it, it may not be. So uh, I think just getting back in the tune, getting back in touch, you know, with everything because uh, you can probably lose sight. I, I would say of things you're just going through life, going through the motions um, mm-hmm. and aspects because it's right there in front of you, be able to do it, and then having a setback actually makes you want to get back to the to the to the basics, and that's pretty much. Um, everything that's been going for me, but always still having faith, but now it's hitting you a little bit different because you never, never had these emotions or feelings before. Right. I think that's well said. And I think the the human honesty to that point, you know, Hey, I'm, I miss sometimes and I find ways on my app or whatever podcast. A lot of people have different places. Uh, they, they find ways to consume it. Uh, we did tweet that you were coming on. And so we did get a question that uh, we really wanted to ask you, because I know you are big into the music scene as well. You mentioned the gospel music in your life. This is not, this is, maybe, maybe a gospel song is the answer here. Uh, the new mixtape, a bit of a spoiler for the type of question here asks, what is your most favorite hype song? Uh, my most favorite hype song. What did I? You know, it's crazy. I download a bunch of songs. I've really been on my old school wave. I had some Marvin Gaye, Teddy Pendergrass. Oh, okay. Um, I had a lot of you know the oldest, uh, Curtis Mayfield. I had a lot of old school music on my phone. You know, just you know something soothing. Um, but I usually just put my whatever I get, I put it on shuffle, and just see what I'm feeling at the time. Like I really don't have a, a set song that I'm just currently listening to. So, you know, all the artists that you know are out. You know, I'm pretty much tapped in or I go on like YouTube and see like what's recommended. And I just I just play each song just to see if I like it. You know, just give me something to do because I don't want to be closed, one minded to a certain genre or a certain type of music. But uh, I don't really have a, a hype music right now. I just put my, my phone on shuffle and uh, go from there and see what I like. 
That's well said. This is um, an interesting offseason for you. I think it's an interesting offseason for a lot of people uh, heading into a contract year for you now in 2021. Does stuff like that weigh on your mind and, and especially the success that, that your team has had? I mean, do, do, do you do you wrestle with those or do you just kind of take it day by day and figure out tomorrow will will be what I handle tomorrow? Yeah, living in and now pretty much that's my my aspect of the present. I understand it's a lot coming up, but for me, just getting myself together, getting getting me right, worrying about me, focusing on me, and then I know the Lord will bless me with everything else um, that may come my way. So, you know, just being dedicated, grinding, uh, staying the course, and staying 10 toes down, understanding that, um, you know, like I said, it's going to be obstacles that's going to come my way. It might hit me, but you might get bruised up, but that's all right. You be able to stand up and, and see the light at the end. So, that's pretty much how I look and go through about, you know, life now. I'm um, just worrying about today. Now, what can I do to get better from yesterday? Or what can I do to just get better in general? So uh, that's how I'm looking at it. Not even worried about all the theatrics of everything else. I think that's well said. Last one for you. Obviously, we've all had some time uh, in our homes over the last year. What's uh, what's a Netflix recommendation? Doesn't have to be Netflix. What's what's something you stream, something you've watched, and you're like, man, you've got to check it out. You know, it's crazy. I watched a show called uh, A Million Little Things. I don't even know if people even heard of it. It's on ABC. I watched that. I, I don't like I'm saying I just be watching stuff and if I like it I grasp to it you know being close minded I want to see a certain right. type of show whatever it may be uh, I'm really on the blackish the grownish uh, I'll be watching the Bachelor and the Bachelorette so that's one of the things that I that I be tapped into that takes that takes cool. some time too yeah <laughs> yeah so I just be tapped into everything um, one I'm actually interested to see that's coming I think it's February. This month I think it's Snowfall it comes back out yeah so I actually I got caught up on that um, when I was. I was injured, so it was uh, it was cool. You just get to tap into different different lines. Okay, well, enjoy it whenever it comes out. Uh, whatever this new NCAA football game is, enjoy that. Fire up the Trojans at, at the game, but, but figure out a way to get some white face masks on there. Trust me, it'll pop. I, just uh, I got yeah. you. I got you. You got you got a, a, a PS4 or I do. Um, I, a PS4. I'm I'm on the hunt for a PS5 right now. So um, right, you know. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to add you. I'm I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to add you on that so we can play. Yeah, I went to Texas A&M, so we'll get an A&M USC game going, and uh, you know, a little, a little okay, bit of a Cliff Kingsbury connection there. So uh, it'll be fun. I'll use the the Johnny year, twenty twelve, and and we'll figure it out. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, okay, I but uh, Adore Jackson, thanks so much for taking the time to join us, man. Have a great rest of your week. Have a great off season. We're all rooting for you. I appreciate it. Have a blessing. One quick note before we go. Stay locked into the SB Nation NFL show all week long. We are loaded with guests. Christian McCaffrey, Devontae Smith, DJ Shark, Carson Palmer, Mike Greenberg of ESPN is going to join us. We have a ton that we're going to offer you. Now would be the perfect time to rate, review, and subscribe. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the PropG podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. 
questions including what are we missing when we work remotely or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking. From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropG Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you.